Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word, and welcome to our Facebook friends as well. Uh, Today, we're going to uh, do a joint podcast and Facebook feed because we want to uh, answer some recent questions that have come our way. As you know, we are constantly uh, um, asking for feedback from those who are listeners, uh, either on Facebook or on podcast, and so uh, we've received some uh, feedback concerning my message that came from Haggai chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, where we described and defined uh, the birth of Jesus Christ and and uh, put a date with it that was commensurate with um, the date that Haggai was bringing forward. Now, uh, I would say to you that uh, there are many schools of thought on a lot of things. Uh, I, I spoke from Haggai chapter 2, verse 18 and 19 concerning the birth of Jesus Christ and defined that by the um, uh, seed being in the barn, the fig tree, oh, the vine first, the fig tree, um, uh, the olive tree, and then there was a fourth one there uh, that all identified Jesus Christ. And you can read that in Haggai chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. And so uh, it said that he spoke to Haggai on the 24th. And uh, so um, there have been some questions on that. And there have been some questions that have arisen concerning some other things that I uh, wanted to address uh, that I think is important because if these questions are floating around out there, uh, then we need to be able to identify the answer to those questions and do so uh, with Scripture. So today we're going to do that. And I hope you'll enjoy this next few minutes. We want to welcome you. Again, contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com. FFCMA.org or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. And it was through direct messaging uh, uh, that uh, these questions came. So we're blessed to have you. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see in our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed in the image of your dear Son. Jesus speaks, so we'll know exactly what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We'll receive it and release it to your people. And in so we'll be corrected, we'll be blessed, we'll have a greater and deeper foundation from which to grow into the image of your dear Son. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Today we're going to title this Legalism versus Grace and Truth. Um... And we're going to, uh, to uh, share with you what the Word of God uh, is teaching and is showing us. We're going to begin with Hebrews chapter 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Huh. For this man, meaning Jesus Christ, was counted more worthy of glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath built the house has much more honor than the house itself. All 
of the feasts of the Old Testament are due to Moses hearing from God and delivering each feast or festival to the children of Israel. Moses delivered the types of Christ to Israel in the Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, feast of those, where the feast and festivals that were all leading to Jesus Christ. These all were produced in a celebration form that in its season were done by the expression of barley, wheat, and grapes. There were two grains and one fruit. Barley represented the first fruits or those who became mature spiritually at an accelerated pace. For this reason, barley is associated with the feeding of the 5,000 in John chapter 6. As the story declares, all that the Father hath given to me, Jesus would say, shall come to me. In other words, the ones who mature more quickly in understanding of who I am will come and follow me. Wheat ripened at Pentecost. It was on the day of the wheat harvest when the Holy Spirit came and resided upon the believers in the waiting room. Grapes, the first two, were the putting together of the grain in preparation for the drink that was to be completed at the communion table. So as we look into the Feast of the Tabernacles, we identify... We identify that both the bread something is knocking me offline here that both the bread which was a type of the body and the wine which is a type of the blood must be present to receive correct communion in the presence of God. So Passover is a type of the Christ that when celebrated results in a personal relationship. Pentecost is a type of infilling that results in spiritual undergirding and sanctification. Then the Feast of Tabernacles is completed in fullness of the representation of the body and the blood. Here the believer, due to his relationship to the completeness, is in communion with God. But Christ is to be celebrated in a deeper and greater way than the messages that were delivered through Moses who brought us only the types of Christ. We must celebrate more deeply and with more reverence. Why must we do that? Because in Christ there is the completion of all of the types in one person. He is our personal Savior. He is our undergirder and sanctifier who calls us brethren. He is the one who indwells and speaks directly to us through the Holy Spirit. He is to be celebrated, both in spirit and in truth. He is to be celebrated for what he has done from his spirit that indwelt the man we now know as Jesus Christ. He is to be celebrated from the divine side, which is his component of truth. He has come as Hebrews 1 says, and has spoken. He is to be celebrated. He is to be given more glory than the one whom God showed the messaging of his types. So why would we celebrate anything other than the glorious Jesus Christ? Why would we be, uh, uh, be disobedient, disobeying the scripture and glorifying a type when we have both the spirit and the truth? We cannot and be 
obedient to the word of truth. Now, I began with that. I want to say again, I do appreciate every listener and I appreciate the opportunity to have discussion. With that, I don't know how long you've been listening. I don't know why you have come to a particular point in time, such as Christmas, to bring up your questioning, but I'm hoping that as you listen to me, that you are defining and describing the Word of God as it is being taught from the Word of God, and that this just is a point where you've got a question that... um, is awkward to you in your belief system. So I will gladly respond to any and all comments concerning this. But the questioner here has more of a Jewish hint in their belief system. Uh, At least they're studying from a Jewish perspective. And that's your spiritual position. And that is certainly your responsibility With that responsibility comes all of the responsibility of the law. And therein lies the issue. Paul said this in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast therefore the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. As I shared with you, I want to state all of this in, in complete love and appreciation for your coming and questioning. The bondage and captivity that legalism affords is by no means commensurate with grace. Legalism is excessive adherence to formula or laws. So my prayer for all of those that are attempting to come to Christ and marry legalism and grace, my prayer for you all who believe like this is that you find the freedom of grace and leave the poverty, brokenness, bruising, blindness, and bondage of attempting to live under the law, because if you attempt to live under one, you've got to live under them all. The marriage of bondage and freedom just aren't possible. You can put someone in a space and say you are freedom, have freedom to move around in this particular space. And you can look beyond the space and see that there is more space, but you are not free to go there. That is not freedom at all. That is bondage. Now, you're aware that this year is a year of freedom, uh, which is known as the acceptable year of the Lord, or the year of Jubilee, is an acceptable year of freedom of which Jesus taught us in Luke chapter 4. It's where we rest in the release of the things of the gospel, then if we do not rest there, we are no longer able to operate in light. It leaves the one that is attempting to marry legalism and grace operating in darkness because light has no means of passage. Legalism chooses, closes it off. Legalism makes it so that there is no effect of light. Consequently, they are left to operate in fear. 
Now Paul speaks of this while speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I do desire for all of my friends who are attempting to marry legalism and grace, for all of you who operate from the perspective of bondage, that you locate the freedom that is brought to us by the actions of Jesus Christ and the replications of those actions by the Holy Spirit. As I look into those who write legalistically, clearly defined because they leave out letters in the name of Jehovah. This statement is not meant to condemn you. I'm not meaning that at all. But when working with people, it's important to locate the source of their narrative. I do pray that your eyes will be opened and your ears will hear and your heart will be made to understand the freedom of grace and truth. So what is grace and how does it work to become a benefit to any and everyone. My friend, grace is the application of Jesus Christ in his works and through the replications of the Holy Spirit. Truth is the reality of his divine side. Here, justice is delivered towards how one, the believer, or the unbeliever, or those who have a... are. are righteous in living or those who are unrighteous in living operate in the manifested actions and works of Jesus Christ by the thing that he was full of, which is grace. Then that you would be able to apply grace in light and the full light of the truth of your personal relationship with your Lord. As far as anything taught resembling pagan worship is concerned. Now if I ascribe to the bondage of legalism of the things of which I have been made free from. If I lived there in legalism then your narrative would have merit but I don't. That's not for me. Grace tells me that I don't live there. Again, I encourage you to refer to Galatians 5. Then there have been questions about things such as steeples, obelisks, obelisks they call it. If I ascribe to legalism and the idea that these man-made things are an issue in the freedom of Jesus Christ, if I was living under legalism, absolutely it would be a problem. But the life that is in the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made me free from the laws of sin and death, and I'm going to go into this more deeply in just a moment. Now grace in the new covenant is coming to effect, and I worship from the perspective of freedom. That tells me that anything that the devil does, anything that the devil in someone else's past years and years ago that was brought in under any paganism, that was brought into the world as any moment where paganistic things would be worshipped. Jesus Christ has spoken to it. 
And it says, I have plundered his goods. I'm going into the strong man's house and I'm going to plunder his goods. And that's exactly what he did. So I don't live under that legalistic affair anymore. Further, most legalists in their narrative are doing everything they can do to discredit and disqualify Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the legal sacrifice for sin, as the one who shed his blood, and his blood alone, greater than bulls and goats, greater than festivals and feasts, greater than even the message of Moses. And so their narrative puts them in a position where the discrediting of Jesus Christ, you know at the Wailing Wall, they pray daily for God to kill Jesus. Yeah, because their narrative does not want to include him. Because if their narrative were to include the truth about Jesus Christ, then they would have to come to the realization that they missed their Messiah. Now we're operating under grace, which came in him, which was brought to us by him, which is freely given to us by him, and we're operating in the freedom thereof. We're not operating in the bondage that says, you cannot, let me get this straight here now, you cannot marry legalism and grace. Because on the one side, legalism says you have to do all of these rituals that would uh, uh, be acceptable. On one side, legalism says this is God's directive. And it was to the Jews. Legalism says that we have to live under these strict rules and obligations. I heard a man say just this morning concerning pork, how it became, you know, God had said, don't do it. But then Acts, Peter was standing praying on his rooftop and said, he went into a vision and saw all of these and says, uh, these unclean. God has brought us out of legalism. And he has brought us in to grace. So, I ascribe to the life of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus that's made me free from the fear of the law of sin and death. Now grace and the new covenant have come into effect and I worship from the perspective of complete freedom. I worship moment by moment. I worship hour by hour. I worship day by day. I do not forsake the assembly of myself with like-minded people. And I offer the good news of the freedom of grace to anyone who wants to hear and believe. So the believer is allowed by grace to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. This is an awesome position of which the actions and replications of these actions by the Holy Spirit done by Jesus, replicated by the Holy Spirit, afford us to operate in grace through faith. So Jesus, as I mentioned, plundered the goods of the devil. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He destroyed, watch this, all of the works of the enemy, sanctifying us 
calling us to be sanctified and bringing us to be brethren. Because of the means by which he did this, he is not ashamed because of what he did and how he did it to call us brethren. So, by the authority that has been given to me and us, by the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I can never be in the bondage to anything that the enemy attempts to exalt over me or to exalt over any place that I stand to worship Jesus Christ. I can do it in my workplace. I can do it in my car. I can do it in the, on the street. I can do it in my house. I can do it in my church place. I am under no bondage. I have none of that legalism to bind me up, to make me poor, and to, make, to break me, and to, to bruise me, and to make me blind, and to bring me into the captivity of bondage. I have none of that. I, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, can take total control of any place and every place of which I enter into. That authority has been given to me by Jesus Christ, according to Mark chapter 16. I have the authority in the name of Jesus to cast down every devil. I have the authority in the name of Jesus to speak in a new tongue. I have the authority of the name of Jesus that nothing outside me that attacks me will ever harm me. I have the authority of the name of Jesus that nothing on my inside will harm me. And I have the authority in the name of Jesus to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. And that the Lord himself is working with me. He's working with me to confirm his word and bring about signs and wonders. My friend, the name of Jesus, read it, Mark 16, 17 through 20. We've come out of the types of the message of Moses to Israel. We've come into the man, Jesus Christ, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Look at the words of God. They shall cast down devils. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So that after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. My friends, here we identify it. The authority of the believer. Someone said, well, you have a steeple over your church and that represents this foul demonic. Well, my friend, let me tell you. I walk out and I say in the name of Jesus, that cross that hangs on your top, it represents the fact that Jesus Christ has plundered your goods. It represents the fact that in the name of Jesus, any demonic intent that would have been brought towards my church, my people, any passerby, I bind in the name of Jesus Christ. I cast you down. Now, whenever you look at that, you see the cross. Why is the cross important? One person told me the other day the cross was a pagan symbol. 
My friend, the cross is vital. Why is the cross vital? Because it was there that the blood was shed. It was there, now watch this, that the Holy Ghost oversaw the actions of Jesus Christ as he did in every step that he trod on his way back to becoming the man in the Godhead model. Cross is vital. We need to see the cross as bare because if we don't see the cross as being bare, we can never see Jesus Christ as he steps out into the plundering of what the devil was trying to do to mankind. We'll never see him go into the tomb and be delivered with the keys of death and hell. We'll never see him go into the high priesthood and there sprinkle blood on the tabernacle, in the tabernacle, upon all of the articles of ministry. We'll never see the body and the blood become manifest in reality towards you and me. Not in just the types, but in reality. Listen to this now. What happened by the body and the blood is the release of the presence of the works and actions of the body of Jesus Christ to retake dominion back that was lost in the fall. Now then, we not only have the body that has come back to take dominion, but the blood that has come back to have been shed so that it could be placed upon every believer from everywhere who would come by obedience and accept the actions of Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Ghost to replicate it. Yes, my friend, this is where we are. We are now being identified as those that are in authority. Now, what's the difference between legalism and grace? Well, it's the opportunity to live in authority. From the perspective of authority, I have no fear. I have no worry. I have no concern. I can walk in the authority of the believer, live sanctified, undergirded by the Holy Ghost, allow Jesus Christ to replicate what his actions were in me through the Holy Spirit, now that he has replicated what is in me through the Holy Spirit, I have no fear because I operate under his lordship and I function under him as the man in the Godhead who speaks to me and shows me great and mighty things that are to come. We don't live in fear. We don't live in, oh my God, I might miss a, a ritual that's going to cause me. I might have something that is in my house that's going to cause me to not be accepted, my friend. That's ritualistic captivity. We don't live in that bondage. We don't live in that bondage. We cast that bondage down. We bring it under the name of Jesus Christ. We live with it in such a way that it comes under our control. That's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly what Jesus has told us to do in Mark 16. So we can live under the fear of captivity if we so choose. We can live under the bondage of ritualistic living if that's what we choose. We can. We don't have to. We are born Gentiles engrafted by the blood into Jesus Christ. We live no other way. We have no other way. There are no ritualistic systems 
of which we come under. We come under the blood. We come under grace. And grace is measured by truth. The divine side of Jesus Christ. Grace, the application of the actions of Jesus Christ, is governed by truth. The divine side. Now what we must do is we must ensure that we rightly divide the word of the divine side of Jesus Christ. That we are living commensurate to the grace of which he was full of. And applying grace to our life at each and every intersection where any common thing might come against us. What is the escape of the common thing? Grace and the blood. So we don't need to live in fear. We don't need to live in concern. We don't need to let the shiny thing, uh, somebody pop up a, a, a video on the shining thing and we say, Oh, oh no, my friend. <laughs> That's neither grace nor is it truth. In reality, in most instances, it's a narrative that's trying to take you away from the life and freedom that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not done with this. As a matter of fact, I'm not even through the first fourth. But I've got to stop right here because my time for this podcast is about over. But I'm going to pick it back up. But I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, with all the love that I can muster, with all of the truth that I can give you. Don't be deceived by things that propagate fear. Neither be deceived by things that produce ritualistic, a ritualistic message. Trying to marry grace and legalism. It is not possible. You are either going to be free and no longer entangled again with the yoke of bondage or you are going to live in the legalistic poverty, brokenness, bruised, blind, and in bondage to the legalistic, ritualistic life that Israel lived in while they were living under things that became a type and a shadow. But we, my friend, have Jesus Christ. He went to the cross. There he died. As the legal sacrifice, once and for all, so that we would no longer have to live under bondage. So that we could live in the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus so that we could use his actions, come under his lordship, and therein, at his name, the exalted name, every, every, did you hear that? Every, every knee would bow. All of the things that you are hearing in videos about obelisks and all of that stuff, they bow. If, the Lordship of Jesus Christ 
is applied to it. Now I want to say this about Christmas Day and then I'll be done. If I am glorifying Jesus Christ, I can call the day of Easter and the day of Christmas to be a day of celebration. Now, that has gone on in this country for years. I believe from reading the Word of God that Haggai chapter 3, 2, rather, verse 18 and 19, speaks directly to the birth of the seed, the vine, the fig tree, the olive tree. I believe that the Word of God is as true and the day of our celebrations, Christmas and Easter, are days that we have determined to simply celebrate the birth and the death of Jesus Christ. Now you guys can go into your legalistic, ritualistic lifestyles and be kept in the bondage if you desire. And some will say, I'm just not going to do it. Okay, that's, that's your call. But the prophet Haggai, to me, spoke very clearly. Now I want to say this in love to all of you. I appreciate your questions. And I appreciate uh, you um, sharing with me. But I also want you to understand that the narrative from which you speak, be it one of legalism, is not what Jesus Christ died for. And therefore, for anyone to try to marry legalism with grace, well, you will have neither. So I encourage you to find your way into what the actions that Jesus Christ has accomplished on your behalf and begin to worship Him from the Spirit that was in Him and the divine side that was all truth that was also in Him. And when you do, you will find the freedom that is the application of grace through obedience operating in faith. May God richly bless you. Contact me if you will, and I will be faithful to answer you back. As I said, I'm not done. I will be back with part two, possibly part three, on these issues because when I get done with this, I want to leave absolutely no doubt concerning what the Word of God says. So Facebook friends, we love you, we appreciate you, and we will look forward to sharing again with you legalism versus grace and truth. God bless you. God bless you, podcast family. We appreciate you. May God richly bless you is my prayer. Until we meet again, find Him as Lord. In in His Lordship, you'll find your freedom. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and the new covenant will be moderated from there, mediated. Find Him as the man in the Godhead and there 
from there, He will show you great and mighty things that are to come. God bless you.